Welcome to the Sales Acceleration Show, where we talk about the science of selling across the areas of demand generation, sales, and sales operation. This show is about doing. We focus on real problems, real solutions with real people, all dedicated to accelerating sales. I'm Gabe Larson. And I'm Steve Error. Let's dive in. Welcome to the Sales Acceleration Show. We've got some exciting conversations I think we're going to have today, Steve. Um, want to jump right into the topic at hand, and that is lessons learned from scaling a 100-person sales development team with my friend Kent Vanuk, Director of Sales Development from Aptis. Kent, thanks for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. So um, before we dive in, give us the give us the quick and dirty. What is Aptis? What are you doing down there in San Mateo? Yeah, so Aptis, we provide quote to cash solutions on the Aptis Intelligent Cloud. Uh, really, we connect the opportunity in Salesforce, and we are the process that takes you all the way through to your ERP system. So buyer's interest to realizing that cash uh, in that, that process, you have. CPQ, configure price quoting, you've got contract lifecycle management, and you've got your revenue processes. So we provide that entire process on the Salesforce platform as well as through Microsoft. That's right. On the Aptis Intelligent Cloud. Yeah. So what's this about Microsoft I'm hearing? This is a newer development in the Aptis world, Hearing right? some rumors. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's, it's been really exciting. You know, obviously we've been a long time partner with Salesforce. We love Salesforce. And most recently, we've been able to develop our product on the Microsoft Azure platform. Uh, and we're, we're really excited to break into that marketplace and, and really, you know, help some companies that may or may not use Salesforce. So that's awesome. That, that, that's awesome. I mean, you got to keep growing. You got to keep diversifying. Now, the thing I think that's most impressive, Steve, about Kent, I didn't know if you knew this, but he does run the, the sales development team down there at Aptus, and I do want to get into that in just a minute. But and as you might imagine, I have a special place in my heart for anybody who works in, in sales and business development. Yeah, these guys were just talking <laughs> and uh, something about if you're not part of sales development, you're part of the dark side. I didn't get the joke. so I, we, we'll I get move, it, Kent. We'll I definitely get it. You're, a, you're a sales guy, Gabe, so I understand. That, that's right. That's probably right. But hey, here's the thing about Kent. Kent, what is it? Is it called hella skiing? Is that right? Extreme yeah. skiing? Is that, well, is that it, what you do um, for your kind of night job weekends? Yeah, that's what I try and do anyways. Um, but I'm, I'm on a snowboard. So, you know, I'm sure oh, you guys in Utah have, have, have problems with that. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've dared him to come up to Utah and go hella. Would you call it hella snowboarding then? Or? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The tr- the terrain is just a little too easy for helicopters up there, so we, you know, we, we try and stay away. Go to places like Alaska. Snowbirds running two or three helicopters at a time these days. So. Yeah, I it. think that's just pure laziness. I've, so it's I've, okay. I've, probably, yeah. probably. I've just, I've just revoked my invitation. Um, no, in all truthfulness, uh, I've seen some real cool pictures. I've seen some crazy videos uh, by day. Uh, sales development genius. By weekend, um, some extreme sports. So always fun talking with you, Kent. Would like to get into the topic. Um, I've been down to your office a few times. Um, you, Aptis, it's on the map. It's going. It's moving. When I came down there, 
you guys have an incredible culture. I mean, part of that's probably just being in, in San Mateo. Uh, but I was amazed as I heard the story of of really your story, which is part of the Aptus story of coming in. You know, you've been in sales a long time, but coming in, starting as a sales development rep a handful of years ago, really is the first one of the very first sales development reps at Aptus. And now a handful of years later, you guys have been hovering right around that hundred sales development mark. That's I I can only think of I can't I don't know if I can think of more than five or six companies that have hit a hundred sales development reps and how fast did you do that Kent What was some of the time frames around that? So I joined Aptis just about four years ago and I was a business development rep myself coming from commercial real estate I was doing that for about ten years and. Uh, as a BDR myself, there was my, me and four other reps, so we were at five, uh, and then we were, you know, scaled to ten, went back to five uh, about eighteen months ago, and from that point on, uh, I took over a leadership role, and we've scaled it from five to uh, just about a hundred now in our entire organization globally. Yes, wow. I mean, and, and what's the time frame on on that scaling? It, so yeah, so I mean, about eighteen months got us up to wow. eighty, and then from from eighty, it's you know another six months. We've we've kind of slowed down on the hyper growth, which you know is uh, uh, I find myself bored now, but it's certainly better for the department. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not you're not onboarding twenty five people a month, so it got boring. Exactly. Well, you know, and truthfully, the market shifted a little bit, and I know every tech company is trying to realign some of the priorities. So I assume Aptus is in in some of that similar positioning. But my goodness, um, a hand two two three four to a hundred. I'm dying to figure out what what was what's the secret sauce? Yeah, How do you do that? How do you even? I've got hundreds of questions in my head right now that I just want to pepper you with. That that that's right. So let's <laughs> fire dive in. away. Let's dive into it. So um, you seem to be more of kind of a principled based guy or um, more of a bulleted list person. I'd love to hear your top concept around. Hey, if you're gonna scale, Gabe, a sales development team. You know, hit me with point number one. What's kind of the thing you start with? So, you know, really what we needed to do is standardize our process. So, you know, with four or five reps, people can kind of get away with doing their own day-to-day and their own logging of activities. And, you know, if, if anybody uses Salesforce as their CRM, using the subject line as you know, kind of to help you understand which call you're on and who you got to call next and using tasks to manage your day. But when you got to multiply that by, you know, a hundred, it really starts to break down if everyone's not doing the same thing. So I'd say standardization of process was the first thing we did. So let's do so quick question on that. I mean, when you originally started, what did the process look like? Was it literally um, I mean, this is only a couple of years ago. Was it notepads and papers? Was it mostly in Excel? Or you guys have always been a Salesforce shop in, internally, correct? Yeah, we, we have. And, you know, to, to quote you, Gabe, I think at, at uh, your user conference last month, uh, it was basically like Cowtown, uh, just the Wild West. Everybody was kind of doing something a little different. There was a mixture between Excel sheets and Salesforce. There were some people that were doing things correctly in Salesforce. And yeah, you're right. There were there was some stuff on paper. And, uh, you know, we, we just needed to make sure that uh, as we got bigger and bigger, everything was in Salesforce. It was our one 
source of truth. And, you know, in order to do that, it took standardizing the process. Yeah. And, you know, Kent and I, we, we, you know, we sat down a few times and went through that process, actually visualized it, put it up on a board, you know, looked for ways to see if you couldn't streamline and optimize and get everybody on the same page. And I can imagine as you've gone through that scaling, that's probably pretty important. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I think, and this is a page out of your book, Gabe, if you don't, you know, put on a whiteboard with boxes and arrows, your process of lead flow and, you know, how you get a lead from, from the top of the funnel to the next stage, uh, you know, you, you really can't make the improvements that you need to make. I mean, it, it wasn't until we did that and I could really visualize where the bottlenecks were and what was going sideways for me to understand, you know, what we needed to change in that process. Hey, can you give us an example of some of the areas that you were standardized and how that worked exactly? Yeah, so, I mean, it, it can be something as simple as providing a BDR playbook. So, you know, every BDR comes into the organization with, uh, an idea of what they want to do during their day. So standardizing blocks of time of what they should be doing. So, you know, on the West Coast from 8 to 10 a.m., they should be calling because, you know, our, our inside sales data says that's the best contact rate for them to pick up the phone uh, as far as a prospect's concerned. So, you know, blocking off that time for calling and then, you know, using the 10 to 11 hour for answering emails that you may have gotten in the morning, um, you know, going through towards the afternoon, having another power hour where you have competition and you have the teams competing, seeing who can put the most calls up or get the most call connects. And then in the afternoon, doing your account research, your pitch research, and then finally closing the day, lining up your calls for the for the first two-hour block in the morning. So yeah. that's an example of one thing that we did that was very useful for our reps. Yeah, I, I love that. I think that kind of structure can really help people facilitate more efficiency and productivity. You hit on one point um, that I want to click into, and it was kind of the concept of like continued training, onboarding. Um, I've heard some amazing things about the Aptis – what do you call it? The Aptis University, your kind of onboarding program, and then continued – Yeah, we – yeah, we call it the the sales academy. Sales academy, and this was a right. I was that right. was not even close. That was not even close. close. No, you know what? You know what? You're. I'll, I'll bail you out here instead of making fun of you. The uh, the overall no, 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 no. training program is is Aftis University. So oh, the overall, but I, I knew it. Just for, I knew for that. the BDRs, but yeah, yeah, we so, know you. Did. So the, the sales academy is your onboarding, but then training has just kind of been part of the DNA. Walk us through how you've thought through that strategy because it seems like – and maybe remind the the audience here. You guys are more of an account-based model, right? Uh, more of an enterprise shop. You're going after bigger deals, correct? Correct. Yeah. So we're, we're named and non-named um, accounts and territories and we align directly with our account executives and uh, – and and what you know, whichever accounts they own is what what our BDRs own. So it's it's a very team oriented strategy, yeah, right. uh, more of a partnership. So yeah, and I, wanna, um, I do want to hear about that in, in a minute. But let's um, continue with that training aspect, that that sales academy. So what's the what's the story I keep hearing about there? You guys go deeper than most. Yeah, you know, we we tried to identify. Well, when you grow from four to a hundred, you can't rely on 
you know, getting one by one people with experience, it just doesn't work. So, you know, with all the prestigious universities that are surrounding the the Silicon Valley, you know, we went around to young professionals that were just starting their career and wanted to learn the software industry and the tech industry, uh, as well as people that, you know, maybe wanted a career switch. I mean, I did it myself from commercial real estate. And we put you through a two-month training program that teaches you all about the Aptis product and the entire ecosystem that Aptis fits into. Wait a minute. So wait, that, I got to interrupt. What did you said? Two months? Two, two months? months. Not two days. Two months? Not two, I complained about two weeks one time. <laughs> <laughs> wait, but, but, but clarification then. I mean, are people on the phone, you know, kind of – are they are they in the position two days into it? Are they not actually selling for two months? No, they're not selling for two months. I mean, it's a huge investment. So they're wow. they're they're oh. learning the product. It's <laughs> no well, you know, truthfully, uh, for those of you who don't know it, I mean, Aptis is it's a it's a sophisticated product, right? It isn't a, an app, you know an app you download on the iPhone per se. It has some really robust features. So I get that there's some time, but um, you know, we've run a study on with inside sales managers asking them what the biggest challenges were that they face. And, you know, training and onboarding yeah, has yeah. been often right at the top. And I know on the, uh, with the uh, American Association of in- Inside Sales Professionals, they've seen the same in their survey, but two months. So you really run them through the ringer. Is there assessments? Is it experiential? Give us one more click on what the heck you guys are doing in two months. Well, you know, I mean, it's it's all uh, it's all cla- it's a classroom style with the uh, each week being tested on presentations, sales presentations that have to do with what you learn during that week. And these are the same presentations that our field reps are given to you know our prospects and our customers as they're trying to to sell Aptis. So you know, it really gives them the knowledge that they need to jump out of the academy and as soon as they're out of the academy they're on the phones and you know really the benefit was we were finding that you know you you take a new person whether they were in a tech company or not but you know if they hadn't been in our quote cash space if you just throw them on the phones it takes them a a six clunky months to kind of get a piece of knowledge here and a piece of knowledge here there and, and and so if we sat back and just did that up front then it only took us a month out of the academy to ramp them on the phones. And, you know, then then we're looking at three months to four months on average ramp as opposed to a six months of just, you know, kind of all over the place and, you know, trying to figure out which rep was good here and which rep yeah, was good there. Yeah, I mean, there's got to be truth you know to that. I mean? Steve, you've been in this for a long time. You see different things like that or that's I, pretty intense, right? The, yeah, I, I've, I've done some some intense training in my day, but I've never done two months of solid training like that. But, but he noticed, I mean, he feels like that's actually kind of sped up the ramp time rather than oh, fooling absolutely. around for six. You know, you're really rocking and rolling at three. Well, how many times have you seen new employees start in a company and they're sitting there, okay, wait, how do I now, after all the training, now how do I log into the system? Because... Well, it's just too much, too much from the fire hose, Too much too fast. And it seems like with two months, they're playing with it. They're learning it. They're, they're testing it out. They're seeing how it works. Well, and and most studies would say that sales development reps are sitting, I believe, between four and six months for ramp time anyway. So, uh, so wow. So you got the sales academy. I I am, I am curious one thing really quickly because this, this fascinates me. It seems like you'd have to have a pretty special individual. To be able to stay engaged for two months of training and to 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 number one be a BD rep 
in general. Oh, yeah. So let's what see, man. You know, you know, I mean, it, it has to do. I was going to say, yeah, starting you know, from the beginning, what, what is it, it that you look for when you're hired, when you, when you bring these guys in to begin with? Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, it starts with the hiring and, you know, there the obvious things are motivated. You know, I want someone to come in and be like, I want to make money. I want to be in sales. This is what I want to do. If they come in kind of, yeah, you know, I don't, you know, I haven't really thought about what I want to do. You know, this is, is definitely not going to be a good fit for them. So, you know, th- that's really the, the excitement, the motivation, the good attitude that I want to see in in the interview because it's tough because they don't have experience. They're usually young or, or new to this industry. Um, but then the other part is me setting expectations. It's, you know, once I figure out that I really do want this person sitting across from me to join the Academy, you know, I try and scare them off and say, Hey, look, this is going to be tough. We're going to put you through the ringer. You know, there's going to be times where you're going to have to stay till eight o'clock at night, putting together your slides for the next day and practicing with your, you know, fellow classmates. So, you know, trying to scare them off and, and make sure that I'm setting the expectations correctly. Cause the last thing I need is to put them through the hiring process. They get here and realize, Oh, you know, this is too intense. This is not for me. Um, and then, you know, in terms of them staying around during the Academy, you know, we were putting them through in classes of 10 to 40. And one of the side effects that we didn't even realize what happened is the camaraderie that they build kind of going through a tough time and learning together and they you know yeah yeah, they i mean they started picking each other up when they're down and then when they got out onto the phones their you know little tribal knowledge that was shared between each one trying to make sure that they're all doing the right things and you know it really was a uh, an unforeseen side effect that really i think benefited aptus interesting i mean that's a long detailed process but certainly something's working as you guys have experienced some amazing growth you mentioned expectations you mentioned um you know setting the right expectations talking about maybe numbers etc um where does that fit into is that kind of one of the key strategies as as you've scaled thinking about right numbers right expectations right comp plan etc yeah you know i think i think yeah, that's I mean, that's that's probably the second thing that we did after standardizing our process was figuring out the key KPIs that we could use to measure the team on, as well as making sure that those KPIs are aligned with what the sales team is looking for. Right. I mean, we we, we view the sales team as our customer. And so, you know, where whichever accounts they want to target, whether it's a specific industry or a specific size a specific geolocation, we align with them so that we can create our, our key KPIs uh, to match that and to motivate our people in the right direction. Uh, so that, that makes, was probably the second so, thing we so did. So that makes sense. So what is, what's the, the main KPI then that uh, you believe sales development reps should have their eye on? You know, I think the, the main bread and butter should always be on uh, sales accepted opportunities. Uh, we call them launches here. Uh, but really it's, it's getting that, uh, that qualified lead from a qualification call to a deeper discovery call with the account executive or field sales rep involved where the field rep can say, Hey, this is a great lead. I believe I can close it. And then they, you know, we have a process for them to accept it. So I think that's that's probably the main one, and that's that's about you know ninety percent of our compensation plan. Yeah. So certainly there's a debate uh, 
And you and I have discussed this multiple times. Um, ah, man, this is just one of those that you wrestle with sometimes trying to figure <laughs> out the best way to go. But, you know, sales development reps only own a certain part of the sales process. You know, demand generation or marketing only owns a certain part of the, the sales process. And sometimes sales executives only own a certain part of the process. A lot of debate out there that even accepted opportunities are out of the control of a sales development rep. Some people argue, you know, really, wh why pay incent or focus on launches, as you call them, or, or sales accepted opportunities? Why not just incent um, the team on revenue? I, I believe you've you know wrestled with that a little bit. Can you walk through your thought process as how you've tried to keep your team motivated and functioning at the high level that they have? Yeah, you know, I mean, I think we try and put our KPIs and attach them to you know their comp to things that we can coach them on, things that they own, and and things that they can control. And whereas they can't control necessarily the prospect uh, saying, yes, I want to see a demo or, you know, I have a thousand people that need this product immediately. You know, here's my credit card or, you know, we can't control that part of it, but we can control, you know, how many dials that we make and how many meetings that we set. And, you know, sales accepted opportunities are a direct result of, of, of those two things. So, you know, it's right. The next step in the process and so it's it's within grasp to control. Now, going back to something you said about revenue, you know, when you when you compensate the reps on closed business, sure they enjoy it, and we even have a, a closed bonus. But to be honest, most of them don't even remember that it's there. They you know they come into my office asking me how much it is, and no, oh, did I even get anything right? this quarter? Is that right? Be, well, speak. Yeah, you know they can't do anything about it. It's like you it's, know our it's sales cycle like, off for them. It's a, it's six months. You know, it's, like, I don't even remember that deal. Well, and and you know, and here we have a uh, you know business development rep, someone starting off their career in tech. What are we supposed to do? Call the AE and be like, hey, so what happened with that meeting? Did you guys close that thing or what? You know, it's just <laughs> just not, not not something you want to do as a BDR. And you know, you're on to the next meeting and and you know daily activity and and you're you know you're you're managing your day so that's kind of what we try and revolve our our key KPIs around. No, I mean I I think that makes a lot of sense and when you live it every day I'm sure you found a place that works for you. So so we've got as you think about scaling the business we've got the standardization of process. Number 2 is kind of that KPI knocking those down, getting those expectations. That number 3 is that educational continued education, strong onboarding program. Give me a couple others and we'll we'll, we'll slowly wrap up here, but what else has been on maybe your top 5 list? Yeah, so I think, you know, probably the next and, you know, I don't know if these are necessarily these next couple are in order, but getting the management team in place was was a huge eye opener for me in terms of something I probably would have done a little bit sooner. Um we're in a situation where we scaled so fast that I had 60 direct reports at one time at Aptis and it wow. just was insanity if you can imagine. You had 60 at one time? What'd you do? Uh, once every did you, yeah, what do you do a one on one then? Once every year, maybe? Yeah, I was scheduling one on ones at uh, you know from eleven p.m. to three a.m. just because that's when I had time. So no kidding. Uh, I mean, that's just got to be bad. I've never heard of one to six. I've heard like one to twenty. Um, yeah. You know, you, you know, start losing people's names. You start losing track of who people are, where they are. 
Honestly, I, I mean, what we what we slowly kind of did, we did some battlefield promoting with some of the reps that were really showing promise and put them into team lead roles. Um, and, you know, people that didn't have enough experience to necessarily, quote unquote, manage from an HR perspective, but could lead the group and be a good influence, could help me with training. So we started out with that layer and then we hired, you know, qualified three to five year management guys to come in and really help. Uh, you know, we put the leads underneath them. Um, we, we put put in a layer of senior BDRs, people that had been here a year and had hit quota so they could kind of help some of the new folks. And, you know, we really established that management tree, um, which really that's when I saw a lot of the, the, the growth of, of, you know, obviously we had body count growth, but growth of actual pipeline where it really started to pay off. And, and we really started to ramp people quickly is when we had, you know, the attention that I obviously couldn't give to 60 people uh, spread out throughout a, you know, a team of managers. Does that make sense? Yeah. So you, you, you tighten down the management team. One to 60 is a pretty incredible is, ratio. What, what's your ratio now of, of managers to how big is the average team size? Yeah. So each manager, we, we try and keep it under 10. Um, and, and then if it gets over 10, uh, we'll, we'll usually, grab another team lead to kind of help with some of that workload um, and, and keep it, uh, keep it under 10. But even, even 10, I would say, I think ideally I would like to have a manager for every six to eight reps, but you know, finance, hopefully you don't send this to my finance department. (laughs) (laughs) Already sent. Already sent. (laughs) Thanks. So yeah, so you typically find more engagement in a little bit lower number, but you guys are hovering about one to ten. So, so what if you had to kind of finish this off? What's what would be your fifth point? Let's let's finalize with your top five keys to scaling a hundred persons uh, sales development organization. The magic number five in would be months. yeah, seriously, my goodness. Yeah, you know, I I think I think there's 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 two quick ones that we can go over. I mean, um, don't be afraid to fail. You know, I've I've done a lot of experimenting in terms of different Don't spiffs be and see to fail. Yeah, give what give us some examples like uh, just trying whatever you, know, you can or you know, I mean, there's there's different things that you want the team to focus on, and you know, if if you're not seeing uh, you know a certain industry of accounts being broken into, put a spiff and attach it to that and see if you, if if that motivates people to call into those accounts. Um, and maybe it's because they're not trained on that. So it doesn't matter. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're, you're, you're not giving out any money and that's weird. Right. So, uh, you kind of take a step back and and just say, okay, well, Hey, look, like we're not going to run this spiff for the next six months. Like let's cut it you know, train them on this vertical and let's, let's, let's get things going. And then, you know, so it allows you to kind of say, you know, put, put your attention in certain areas. Um, but if it's not working out, just cut it and, and, and rework the process. It's not, it's not the end of the world. If something doesn't work perfectly the first time, I love as long as you, as long as you don't marry it, you know, if you, if it's, if it's not working and you just double down on it, you know, that's when you have problems. One of my heroes of Mythbuster fame, his name is Adam Savage. His, his famous quote is failure is always an option. Failure is always. Don't be afraid to fail and, and, and pick yourself up and dust yourself off and try again. 
Well, you know, um, I'm a big believer in that concept of testing, right? It's like, look, you try, you, you lose, you, you try, you win, you gotta try. What did Michael Jordan say? What would Michael Jordan say? Is it, doesn't he have that quote out no, there? It's, you, it's, uh, you, I think it's you, Wayne Gretzky. I you, miss 100% of the shots I was don't it, take. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man, how did you know I was going after that? <laughs> I'm from Detroit. That's great. It's not Michael Jordan? Town. It's not Michael Jordan? No, no we, we don't give Michael Jordan any credit. <laughs> whatever. That would have been better, Michael Jordan. But yeah, man, you, 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 you miss. Yeah, who is that? I don't that know Bob whatever the Wayne quote Gretzky is, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, Wayne Gretzky, right? doesn't even matter. Well, so, so to kind of sum that up, we've got – um, we're breaking down kind of to our, the, the end of the time here. So uh, sure. summarizing that, can you list those five out for us, Kent, the keys you found to, to scale your sales development organization? Yeah. So, you know, first thing we do, standardize the process, get everybody on the same page, working in the same direction at the same time. Uh, next is figuring out the right ways to motivate the team towards the end goals. I always say, you know, set short term targets to meet long term goals and uh, third, make sure that you're not only setting them up in the beginning with, with a good foundation of education and training, but also continue that process and continue to revisit the different products and the different updates and all that kind of stuff. Uh, fourth would be putting together a management team that can really help you zero in on, on the problem areas to help the team improve. Uh, don't be afraid to fail. And then I think I promised you a last one, and, and that would be... Th- just make sure you're investing in the group. You know, sometimes as you're going through uh, looking and evaluating at tools, you know, obviously we have a, a great partnership with InsideSales.com and and their platform. But as you're going through it, you know, sometimes the the price tag can get scary as you're leading an organization and you're fighting over budget and this and that. But you know, really don't be afraid to invest in the team as long as you're 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 willing to work and and to get that return on the investment out of it you know some of the best things we did was was uh invest in tools which enabled our our reps to you know make 50 percent more calls and get connected with you know twice as many people um you know those are some of the things that really elevated our pipeline to where we need it to be so that we can uh continue to uh you know, support the ridiculous goals that sales sets forth for us. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So, it's like you guys I'm with are, your brother. Yeah, it's like you're hitting five hundred percent growth every year. But in all honesty, I mean, Aptis, big company doing great things. Um, I'm, uh, you know, having been down there, worked with you. Certainly, I I believe a lot of that fuel to the fire has been been added by the sales development team. So. Kent, it's a pleasure to have you on. Great to kind of hear your top, not five, but top six list uh, about how to scale a, a sales development team from one to 100. On Always appreciate the conversation. Hey, thanks, Kent. Hey, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. And uh, uh, please uh, go ahead, follow us on on uh, on iTunes, subscribe. We also are now on Google Play, so you can go ahead and subscribe there. Uh, if you have any questions uh, or comments, um, hashtag sales acceleration and hashtag podcast. We'll watch for those. Um, love to comment and interact with you guys. And finally, we're really excited to announce we finally got an email. <laughs> it is now podcast at insidesales.com. Shoot us an email there um, and we'll be happy to answer. That goes uh, directly to, to Gabe and I. And uh, happy to answer any questions there. But uh, we look forward to it. Now let's, let's get at it. 